Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 49-year-old from Stratford, Ontario, Canada. As a player, was a staple of the Stratford Colton's WMU Broncos, where he was on the All-CCHA rookie team and was the Rookie of the Year. And with the Broncos, had over 40 points every single season, all four years. Dominated the Whoople. With the Amarillo Rattlers, one year had the most assist points, power play goals, shorthanded goals, and was named league MVP. The two seasons with Amarillo had 215 points and 131 games played. As a coach entering his 22nd season, 19th in the NCAA, and as a head coach with the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point is a two-time NCAA runner-up and a national champion, and was kind enough to give yours truly a full ride to Western Michigan. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Brooks. Thanks, Wally. Appreciate you having me, man. Great catching up. Yeah, man. It's been it's been since I left Western. No, we talked once since then. You tried to recruit me to Rio Grande, right? Yeah, when I got hired there in uh, in two thousand eight. That was would have been the last time we talked. I bet. Yeah. After you turned me down, <laughs> yes, I did. I was a Beatingheim Steeler then, yeah. <laughs> Good decision, so, probably. Yeah, yeah, no, I stick by it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I guess I get into how we know each other, and uh, you did recruit me out of the Elmira Sugar Kings, right? I did, you know, that that whole area uh, when, I, when I got hired at Western as a young coach. I mean, we've started making some some roots up there and got some dynamite players. We were very fortunate. Like you, you look at the kids that we've that, that we landed when I worked there at Western with yeah, I mean yourself and Paul Davies and Super Paul Shahura and Max Campbell and Jeff Campbell and Jarmuth, Nathan like Daryl Moore, like all those kids, Kevin LeBron, like all those kids ended up being very good college players and um, yeah, it was phenomenal. Those, those guys stepped in and the impact, impact right away. Exciting. You know, the Watson brothers and talk about all of them. And then up into Toronto, up, you know, once we got up there with the Blissmos and I mean, all those kids were very, very good college players. Yeah. And, um, it's a long time ago now, but yeah, like that, those are the guys I'm getting back in contact with a lot of those yeah. guys you mentioned. I've had uh, Jeff Campbell on. I've had yeah. Vince on. I've had Dan Bellissimo on, yeah. and uh, it and Stretchy. You, yeah, yeah Stretchy. Mm-hmm. It, no, it, it's it's great to start catching up with people that uh, 
were a big part of your life. And, you know, you changed my life, bringing me to Western. I met my wife there, uh, met all my best buddies there. And, uh, and you guys gave me every opportunity to succeed as a player. Um, you were my power play coach. And, uh, I took a lot of one timers, my junior and senior year. eh? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, that's crazy. Like it's, uh, it's real cool. That's one of the, one of the most gratifying thing about coach about coaching is to, you know, I mean, be able to give kids opportunities, be able to impact them, and being able to see them, you know, take off. And a lot, a lot of guys I say this all the time. A lot of, a lot of kids really don't realize it when they're actually there until they get to be 35 or 40 years old, and then they start to reflect, and they look back on the opportunities, and they look at, you know, look back on on the impact that coaches had on them. And I think that's probably one of the big reasons why I've stuck with this for as long as I have. Um, well, I'll actually, I'll bring this up right now because that just came up is when I started this, it started bringing a lot of people together in the hockey world and it's cool for me, but uh, I posted on Instagram, you were coming on and a guy, I don't know, played for you at Stevens point um, wrote to me, Kyle Brody, and just mentioned mm -hmm. the impact you had on his life. And um, what a great human you were. So, uh, man, when you hear stuff like that, I don't know if you knew that, but um, it must be gratifying. And I'm just getting into minor hockey coaching. So it's, it's pretty neat. It is, you know, like uh, the, the, long, the longer that I get into it, the, you know, like the, the thing is you become so much more mature as a coach and, I look back on my, you know, my first seven, eight, nine, ten years of coaching when I was a young coach. You know, I got hired at Western Michigan when I was 26 years old. And I look back on I wasn't very I wasn't a very good coach at that point. And I, I look back and and now, now I look at, you know, I keep more in touch with the players that I've coached recently. You know, last week I was on a recruiting trip out to Pittsburgh and um, I went and played golf with a former captain of mine. You know, I have, I have players call me who are now having kids and getting married and getting invited to weddings. And you know I mean, like it, it's so much more for, for me as, as you mature and you grow, it becomes much, so much more, I think, relationship based. Yeah. Um, you know I mean, like as a young coach, I was always performing. Like I, uh, I think, I think I was very high strung and I think I was, you know I mean, I hadn't really separated myself from being a player. Well, and that's one thing I was going to say is I think we all knew you, you like you still could have been playing and you still yeah. kind of wanted to be playing because yeah. we'd be doing three on two drills and you'd be in every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> two on one drills. You couldn't hold you back either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I just, you know, you just, as you mature and reflect, it becomes, and it, it's different when you're a head coach. I was a head coach for, you know, for, for 10 years with three years of pro and then six years at Stevens point, And then, you know, your role becomes so much different. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the relationships that I have are, are relationships of, of recent years. And it's probably because I was a better coach in recent years and, you know, have relationships with kids. And as I've grown and matured, it, it's become, it's probably become more about the process than it has about the result. And probably as a young coach, I was probably more focused on the result than I was on the process and, and a little more emotional too. Right. Yeah. Like after a loss, like, like yeah. I remember when we would lose in college, like 
like we would feel so horrible right and like yeah. instead of getting too high too low it was yeah we would be so high after a win at home like it was like yeah. you know we won the stanley cup and then we sure. would lose at ferris and it was like the bottom of the bottom right sure yeah i think that you know you just learn that through you just learn that through experience and you know for me you know for me as i as i as i got head coaching experience i learned that you have to you have to focus on teaching so much more life lessons to the sport than actually focusing on the sport and teaching the sport, teaching life through the sport more so than teaching the sport through the sport. And as you do that, you, you know, you, you gain respect and you gain relationships. And, you know, like you said, Kyle Brody was a, he was a perfect example. Example. He, he came in as a transfer from uh, transfer from uh, Bemidji state and came to me at, at Stevens Point, and you know I mean, I, I recruited him just with authenticity and honesty, and came in, had a great experience, and you know, he he's now coaching. He's coaching out in a youth program out in Wenatchee. So, just to be able to see kids, you know, kids that you coach stay in the game. Like I got a couple kids that I coached at uh, Stevens Point that are now assistants in Dubuque, and I got an old all my all the guys that I worked for have moved on, and. It's just great to be able to see them move on and stay within the game. And when they do that, you know, you, you not, not only, you know, you feel like you're doing something right. You definitely would because people that want to stay in the game and want to be around it had great experiences, right? They didn't leave the game pissed off. There's guys that yeah. leave the game pissed off. There's guys that leave the game wanting more and can't leave yeah. it because they're just having too much fun. Right. And if those guys are all staying in the game, then you definitely are doing something right, sir. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I've been very fortunate to be, and, and, you know, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of good people, not only good players, but good people and, and people that have, you know, people that have trusted me and, I mean, been, been very fortunate to have a lot of kids go on and have success. Um, you better watch your hands down there on that table, eh? I heard it that one time you were sliding around down there, okay? You better be careful. <laughs> I can tell you what to do now. You're not my coach anymore. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I remember um, you were the one that recruited me and um, <clears throat> to Western Michigan, and it was just such a no-doubter, like, when I met you, and, like, you would come to recruit me um, and, like, watch the game with your old man, right? Yep. And, yeah, and that's dad. different than some scouts, right? Some scouts aren't going to show up with yeah. their old man and make it like kind of like small town Ontario, right? Yeah, I was very, you know, I was very fortunate to, to, to grow up and, you know, my, my dad passed in 2014 and, and you know, my, my dad had a huge impact. My dad never played the sport. Like, that was a funny thing. Uh, never had a, anybody. Mine neither. No, I never had anybody go, go to college in my family. I was the first one to go to school when I went to school to Western Michigan in 92. And I mean, I learned so much from my dad through the process because my dad would come to games and he'd be very supportive and he, he didn't know anything about the game. It was just about being there and being supportive and encouraging and um, and having fun, right? Yeah, having fun and working hard. And, you know, my, my parent, I always had the my parents always worked very hard to give me the opportunities that I had and you know it's part of my responsibility to do the same in return when I stepped on the ice and you know I, I, I carry those same I carry those same philosophies as a as a coach I've always done that is that I mean as a player I was successful because I was willing to do other things that other players weren't willing to do 
I mean, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't mega talented. I, I had a, you know, I, I worked hard. I had a good skill set, and my my will was my separator. And I mean, I have that same philosophy as a coach: is that I, I want to put myself in a situation where, you know, where I want Brent Walton to come and play in my program. I'm going to go above and beyond and show him that he's wanted and make him trust me and you know, uh, just, just recruit and communicate with authenticity. Like I would want somebody to recruit do, do to me through the recruiting process. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, yeah. And just being yourself. And I, and the thing is, is that like, you're a real hockey guy. Um, you love the game. I, I always knew that you always had a huge passion for it. Um, I knew you'd always be in the game your whole life. Um, and, uh, there's certain guys that, yeah, they will do more than others, right? For the game sure. to be a part of it. Um, like me waking up at, at six in the morning to talk to guys on a podcast, right? Sure. Um, anyways, okay. How else do we know each other? Um, yep. You called me about Rio. I said no. Talked about getting recruited there. And then uh, just Kalamazoo, you lived there. I got it down here. You were four years as a player and nine years as a coach. Like, I think it's one of the most underrated cities or towns, whatever you want to call it, in the U.S. Like, it's a great spot, isn't it? You know, and it's it's changed so much since we were there, too. Like, my, my, we, we just, my daughter just graduated from Western. Oh, really? We've been able to, yeah, so we've been able to spend a little bit of time there over the past over the past uh, four years and that the city's growing the downtown area is just just booming um i mean it's it's a it's a neat place the, the thing that people miss about it is you know not only is it you know three hours from the border to canada you're two hours to detroit you're two hours to chicago um so much to do water lakes golf courses bars Every, really, and a great really, college town. No, it's a great college town now. And uh, and the, the thing is, is that it's like I, I hadn't been back in a long time because I left there in 08, came back to Wisconsin. I, I went back in, I think I went back in 2015 when, when I was inducted into the Ring of Honor. I think it was 2015 was one of my first times back since I had left there. And... Um, you know, it was great to get back there, not only to see a lot of the, you know, a lot of the alums and pe local people and some of the former players that I coached and, you know, meet the new coaches and stuff. Um, but it was just neat to get back and see the community and, and you know, go to an old restaurant or go to downtown and see, you know, see uh, Burdick's downtown where we used to go and just, just different things. Oh, the breadsticks with that were filled with cheese. <laughs> Do you remember the breadsticks filled with cheese? Yeah. Oh yeah, God. We'd be dipping yeah. those at everything too. <laughs> you know, and see the see them tearing down different dorms and building new dorms, and it's 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 uh it's neat. And it's great to see a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah. No, I actually, to be honest, with my hockey career, and now when you finally do move back with kids and they're young and you're you're getting your life set up, I haven't been back since the day. Um, well, I guess Daryl Moore got married there. I was there for that okay. weekend. And then other than that, it was, I came to skate with you guys on my way to 
like an AHL camp or something sure. after my sure. rookie year. And then I turned around and went to the airport to Germany. Those were the only two times I've been back since. And it's, it's crazy. You spend every day. It feels like home for four years and you think life's going to be like that forever. You're going to hang out with your buddies forever. And then it's just over and you never go back. Right. You'll get back someday. You'll get, you'll get back. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be so much fun. It was great. Uh, the times I've been back, it's been it's been great to be able to get back there and see, you know, see the rink and. It would be great just, to go back. I'd love to go back with the whole class and even the yeah. ones above, below, everybody yeah. I'm catching up with again. Yeah. Okay, we better get into your career here. We're just chit chatting about stuff. Okay. Sure. Um. One thing I got here is uh, where and what are you doing now? So now I'm uh, actually back in uh, the year after we won the national championship at Stevens Point. We had actually we had actually played in three straight national championships at Stevens Point. I did have we that lost. written down here is you lost two years in a row and then you finally won it. Why don't we get into that roller coaster right yeah. now? Yeah, so I mean like I took over the program in in uh, took over the program in 2011-12 and I mean, we just went through transition. I was just sort of building the the core foundation of what what kind of culture we were going to have, and went through some growing pains. That first year, we played in the conference championship, and it was men against boys. And you know, we just I just stuck with it. I you know, I just stuck with my my vision. Of and that's as a head coach now, though. So you're not going out for the recruiting as much as oh, you no. were. No, at the Division three level, it's it's so different. Like I I, I relied. In pro hockey, you know, in pro hockey, you deal so much with agents and net networking through through some, uh, you know, a lot of college contacts. Well, now you get back and I, I never coached Division Three. Like I didn't even know what Division Three was at the time. Mm-hmm. There's no scholarships. You're just recruiting, convincing kids to come. And what I started to do was I started to use my college contacts that I had, and uh, I would call them and I say, hey, you know. Uh, just give me your leftover list, you know, take your top five kids and give me your leftover list of the next 20. And I, I, I touch base with, you know, 10, 15 division one guys and I gather lists and I just start calling kids and just trying to, you know, network and try and find the right, not only the right players, but more importantly at that level, the right kids. So um, I just went through it and, and I was honest through the, through, through the uh, process but my, my pro background and uh, coaching pro for three years and playing and the contacts that I had there was a benefit to me because a lot of division three kids want to try and play beyond, uh, beyond college. And I was able to open a lot of, I was able to, to sell it through the recruiting process that I could open doors for kids. And um, I started to attract, you know, transfers. I started to attract good players. My experience at division three level was, different than most division three coaches i mean because i had coached i'd been a division one coach for you know nine years i'd gone on i coached pro as a head coach for three years and not too many people not not too many coaches at that level had that experience right and how how did just curious like so you're in rio how do you end up getting the job there do you just apply for it yes so it was it was crazy it was uh, when when i went down to rio grande valley i I'd, I'd actually turned down the job in Rio Grande Valley twice before when I was still at Western Michigan. And then the third time that they offered me the job. 
And who I is it down there that really wants you? Why does the guy want you so bad? Like, what'd you do to him? <laughs> they had just known me from there was a there was a group of of people that had stayed in that 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 had got their teeth into that league that had known me from when I played pro. And um, you were pretty and, good those couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So they they had called and. They had called and, and they said, listen, you know, we see your coach at college and they like my college background and our kids like uh, Briar was Briar was young at that. Like she was only the times where she when I got offered the job, I think my daughter was seven and my son was like four. And I'm like, listen, you know, I'm still at Western. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It's not the right fit. I'm really not ready. I, I, I believe in what we believe what we're doing here. They came back to me the next year. They offered me a job. And then the third time they offered me the job, I was like, you know what? You know, maybe it's time for a change. I'd been there almost 10 years and I flew down there and they offered me a four-year contract. And I was like, you know what? Four years go down there. It was an unbelievable experience for me, like uh, uh, co coaching pro, dealing with uh, different types of players, running the business, you know, because you're running a multi-million dollar you know, a multi-million dollar, uh, you're responsible for everything. Yeah. So there's the, a lot the, to it. There's a lot of different oh, facets. Oh to yeah. It, right? Yeah. That, that side of it, it was, it was phenomenal. For and me. you were recruiting the players cause you called me. <laughs> I was doing everything. Yeah. I was, I had a business guy that ran the business side, but on the hockey side, I did everything from apartments to travel, to contracts, to building the team, everything, all the so, people. Sounds work. just like, like the guys that take on the head coaching jobs in the UK, like that back yeah. when I was there, like they were doing all that and they were like the player coach. They were trying yeah. to do everything. Yeah. It's, so so the, the, the actual experience to, to be able to learn and, and succeed and fail and make bad decisions, make good decisions. It, it was it, like gro growth wise for me, it was very good. Um, and then after my third year, I'll be 100% honest with you, Wally. My third year, my wife and I were sitting up one night, and uh, she was like, she's like, are you okay? And I said, I, I'm done. And she goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I said, I'm just burnt out. I said, you know, I worked hard. We, you know, we've, we've been competitive. We made the playoffs two years, you know, been successful. But I said, I just feel like I'm fighting an uphill battle. And I said, let's just go do something else. And she's like, she's like, well, we got another year on your contract. We got two young kids. Like we just can't just, just we just not yeah. take them. Yeah. Yeah. We that, just can't. Yeah. That sounds like navigating Lieutenant Bayfield Brewing <laughs> company. <laughs> but so, so what I did was I actually said, let's just get out a map and let's find where we want to move and we'll go figure it out. And the next day I, I got a phone call uh, from a, a, a other college coach and he said hey do you have any interest in coaching division three and I'm like I, I have no idea like I don't know what division three is yeah I flew in on a I flew into Stevens Point on a Thursday they offered me the job on a Friday I accepted it and I resigned the next day and um and how many years do you sign for when you sign a university coaching deal at division three level, you, you sign a one year, you sign a day to day contract. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I, I got that job. We moved the family up from the border. Um, be, because when I signed the four year contract, it was four years and we were out anyhow, because I, I didn't want, I didn't want to live there anymore. My, 
I didn't want to raise my kids down there when they were. I know we're jumping all around, but that like, I like to go with what's coming up at the time. And it's, it's, what was it? What's it like? Cause you, when I was around you as a, as a guy, and I remember going to your house as a guy on the university team with a few other guys, and we'd come for dinner with your family, right? And and Barrett and Briar were young, right? And they were, I think Barrett was like a baby, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'd come for dinner. And then now when I'm having young kids and like you look at a coach's lifestyle, like NCAA coaches have it way better than a lot of coaches for family life right and give yeah. finding a home um what was it like when you start once you leave kalamazoo and now you're going elsewhere like you're taking them from kalamazoo to rio grande yeah and, and the, the thing was i was very fortunate because my wife never worked in, until we actually moved back to stevens point so my wife was at home with the kids when i lived down in rio grande valley um and, and we looked at it we actually looked at it a little bit different where we looked at it where the kids were going to go down and get a life life experience that they had never wouldn't get anywhere else they went down there they were a minority um yeah i mean like the the it was 92 percent hispanic so yeah. for them to go down there and experience that was invaluable um you know i, I don't regret that decision whatsoever it was a it was a great great growth we met some great people um a lot of really good friends and like i said i would have never achieved what i what i what what i've achieved through my years at stevens point and through my years now at michigan tech i would have never achieved that without the experience that i had down in rio grande valley yeah and that's when you become a head coach too right and then yeah and and that's how you learn that part of it too because it's different than being assistant right oh yeah and you know you learn through ups and you learn through learn through downs and yeah, I mean, you, you, you control, you know, I mean, you, you're, especially at that level, because you really don't have an assistant. You know what I mean, and that, that's the thing at division three level, your, your, your assistant coach is very limited. So you do a lot of that stuff on your own at Stevens point, like at division three level too. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, I don't know the division three level. I don't, yeah. I don't know what that's like. Um, but no, like it's, yeah, I, yeah. I guess I'm not even sure where to go here because usually I go through a guy's career and we have bounced everywhere. Yeah. I asked you where and what are you doing now? I was going to ask you, like, you were just out for dinner, okay? I'm going back on the rails here. We were way off the rails, okay? You were just out for a nice meal with your hockey team and university, and I started to get flashbacks of getting to go to nice restaurants with Western Michigan, and everywhere yeah. we went was nice good food and everybody could or like it was a buffet or whatever right you're still living that life yeah you I, look I feel trim, very, though how does yeah, that I feel, work i feel very fortunate i'm i'm uh you know i mean be able to do what i've done for a long time and and impact the people that i've been able to impact and i've worked with a lot of real good people i worked for a lot of great athletic directors and you know people that have been able to I've always tried to put myself in situations where I feel that I can succeed yeah I mean I look back at the opportunities that I've been given I went into a situation like we were talking about before I went into a situation at Stevens Point I had no idea like I had no clue I had never been to Wisconsin and we moved we moved up I had you know I left a I left a pro contract where I had housing in my contract I had a car on my contract I had everything in my contract and I now I moved to Wisconsin 
you know, 20 hours away, I got to buy a house. I got to buy, I hadn't bought a car in 15 years. You know what I mean? So now I got to do all that stuff. And on top of it, I'm taking a 60% pay cut. With two little you know kids. I mean? Yeah, with two, with two kids. So what, what I ended up doing was I, I started a hockey camp. I started a hockey camp business and I just got, you know, it, it's, it, it was huge and it's downscaled through the years, but I, I've had that business for 11 years. And, uh, I, I started that there. My wife went to work. Um, you know, we had, we had an unbelievable experience in Stevens. Did Point. you not make a DVD or a book or something? Yeah, I, we, yeah, we, yeah, we did. A, I, I had a transition had a, or something. Yeah. I had a, a company contact me and, uh, uh, did, did, I did a, a teaching DVD through championship productions. Um, you know, but go, going back to my time at Stevens Point, so what happened was we, we actually, the, the, the first, uh, our first, uh, first year we played in the national championship, we played out East out in, uh, out in Bridgeport and, um, we, like St. Norbert was so much better than us. You know, we went I've heard of that and, one too. Yeah. Norbert. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were so much better than us. Like it was, uh, um, they, they, they beat us, I think three, two or four to two, but this, this and that's the national championship game. Yeah, like gonna, you can still beat a team that's better than you in one game, but yeah, yeah. I understand. But they, 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 they were better than us. And then yeah. the thing is after that happens, like after you lose the, and the funny thing was that was the year my dad passed, which was in 2014 too. So it was like, it was one of those things where like, I really wanted to, that, that year really meant a lot. And, and when our, when our team didn't win out there, it stung. And when you lose that, you really don't know if you're going to get back to that point again. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Especially so, when you've been going through it for so many years and you're not close, right? Yeah. And then you're there and then it's like, man, I'm, what if I, what if I never get to here again? And you, you know, you start to have regrets and I'm like, you know what? I always had the philosophy that, you know, that things happen for a reason and I'm going to try and draw positives from that experience and try and learn from it yeah so i went like i took like a week off and then i went right back at it and i went right back at it and I, like i wasn't going to sit around and sob and i went right back at it and i started working well then we play the next year we go through the next year and um we actually play out in minneapolis so we're out we're, we're out on the out in the west and we go in and this was the this, this was probably my best team and this team didn't win either this was probably better than my team that won and we we actually played um out in minneapolis and we played against trinity college and we lost three to two so now you go through it twice oh oh and then you, then you start thinking about it and um so we go into the third year and all those kids, those kids that graduated that year, that was sort of my core because we and have, they've lost two times in a row. Yeah. Good gosh. Well, now the, the thing is now the next senior class, they played in three straight national championships the next year. And we, we, actually, <laughs> we actually play in Lake Placid, New York. That's where we won it. Wow. I says that the, that's on the poster, right? Yeah. Yeah. We won it in Lake Placid. So yeah, I was very fortunate. We started the year, we started the year three and four and we won our last 20. Wow. Yeah. 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 But uh, you know, the thing was I, I had, 
I had unbelievable leadership, you know, uh, unreal group. The group ran themselves. You know, we, we, we learned from our past experiences and, um, you know, and that, then the year I left, the, the year that I left to take the job at Michigan Tech, the, the next year they went undefeated and won. Yeah, I heard they're a powerhouse now. Eh? Yeah. And, like, and that's when you get the snowball rolling, right? That's, yeah. that's, uh, it's great. And, uh, and then you, you made the decision to head out. But you know what? We haven't even talked about your playing career. You're pretty good at that too, eh? You know? I was, you know, I was fortunate. I, I got myself in a lot of, a lot of really cool situations. You know what? You, you've done a lot and you're almost like uh, you're a two-parter, maybe a three-parter with all your coaching and playing, but I want to know now. Okay. And that's wild that you finally win it because winning championships, like you win the whole thing. So, you know, what's I actually, my real question is you win an NCAA national championship. There's way more rules in NCAA. Like I don't remember ever having a beer on the road or doing anything like when I played for you at Western, um, when you win a national championship and you're in Lake Placid, like, do you, like the kids have to like go somewhere that you don't know about or something, right? Like what the heck? No. They, they don't drink apple juice and go to bed, do they? So, so what happened was, so the, uh, two years prior, uh, we were playing out East the, the, going back to year one. So what happened was I, I went to my athletic director after year before the cha- national championship game year one. And I said, listen, I said, because the thing is at the, at the NCAA level, you actually charter planes. So I said, listen, this is, this is the deal. I said, I, I want to set this up for our plane to leave at midnight. Because I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to get stuck with my team after winning a national championship on the road. Yeah. Like I, I didn't want to be responsible for that. So I, I went to my athletic director and I said, listen, I, I said, I want to get this plane I want to have this plane ready to go at midnight. And he said, listen, we can't. The, the plane's going somewhere else to, to take a basketball team. And I, I'm like, listen, I said, if we win, like, it's going to be very difficult for me to control to, them. <laughs> yeah, to, con- to control this setting. So I, I had a whole plan. I had a whole plan. I rented a, I rented a bar area. I gave the guys like a three-hour time limit. And then everything was great. Win or lose, I had an agreement. And with my group, they, they, were, they were very good. Um, the next year, it wasn't a big issue because we were in Minneapolis. So we were going to come home regardless. You know, we're three-hour drive. But the year that we won it, I had actually gone to my AD before and my AD agreed with me. And I actually threw the whole entire team. So what, what happened was, we the, the the team flew out and what I did was I sent a bus I sent a bus out with my staff so I sent like my assistant coach my equipment manager my radio guys yeah uh, my kit my kids I threw them all onto a bus and they took off and they they drove like I don't know I think it was like 20 hours on the bus out the team flew out on the charter I flew out on the charter with them and then what happened was our vice chancellor flew out for the game and after we won it, uh, I loaded the, the vice chancellor and the team on the charter plane and they flew home and I hopped on the bus with this, my entire staff and we Who, drove home for 20 hours. What's a vice chancellor? It's like, uh, it's like the second, it's like the uh, assistant to the president. 
of the school of the school yeah yeah and they got on a charter and flew home back yep, to they, university and just won the national championship yep they flew home with the team and then like a bunch of fans were uh, a bunch of fans were waiting for them at the airport like we have a little private airport landed right in town i'm sure they went downtown and the, the, the neat thing about it was was that we uh my staff and i were able to get on the bus and you know, we, we, we enjoyed it for 20 hours. Like we enjoyed it from Saturday at midnight. I think we pulled in, I think we actually pulled in the parking lot in Stevens point at like six o'clock at night on Sunday. And the entire team was sitting in the parking lot waiting for us in lawn chairs. And then we were able able to go downstairs and sit in the locker room and it was nice and controlled and everybody had a great time. And, uh, and then, you know, then we just had celebration upon celebration after that. Oh man, that sounds like so much fun. Winning is so much fun. Uh, you know, and like obviously yourself, myself, everybody that played at Western while well, we were there, like we all wish we would have won. It uh it sucks, but like winning is so much more fun than losing, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, and, and the it's like the exact that, opposite. <laughs> I know and the, the thing was my, my two years later I went I accepted this job up at Michigan Tech and we actually we actually made we won a, a conference championship and then went went and played in the national tournament. You know, within with, two with years Michigan later. Tech. Yeah, Michigan Tech. Yeah, we 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 actually lost to Notre Dame to go to the Final Four out in out east. So, Is that right? Where's yeah. Michigan Tech? I didn't think you guys were good. It's in Houghton, Michigan. Houghton. Yep. Yeah, Houghton. Yeah, up in the up in the upper upper the peninsula. UP? The UP. Yeah. So you're not on the hand anymore. Like, you know, no. it, when we would go to Michigan and you yeah. go to the bar, they'd be like, so where are you from? And they put yeah. the hand up and I'm like, I'm from Canada, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? The Kalamazoo? Yeah. Every time you go there, they say, where are you from? And they show you the hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're about nine hours north of Detroit. Nine. Hours. So you're, you're, so why are you by Northern Michigan? We're, we're about two hours further up than Northern. Holy moly. So it's yeah. cold as. Well, it's, it's really not cold. We get a lot of snow, but uh, it's, it's a really, really, it's a really, really cool community. It's a, it's a, it's a huge, huge hockey town support uh, everything our players need. You know what I mean? We, we have an unbelievable facility. We have an unbelievable support through the community. We have, Unreal support within the athletic department. Unreal athletic director. How big's the school? It's only about nine thousand students, but it's right on the water. Um, a beautiful setting. It's a big, big tourist attraction, summer and winter. It's a, it's a big, uh, big tourist attraction for snowmobilers in the winter, and then it's a big, big uh, boating. We have ski hills, uh, golf courses. Sounds it's, all right. Yeah, it's be- it's beautiful. It's a it's a really neat community. So we have been fortunate. This is my fifth uh, this is my fifth year here, um, and uh, you know we're we're uh, we're on the right path. We've been uh, we've been very successful and very excited about the season. Yeah, no, oh, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I didn't know about Michigan Tech. I know yeah. Bryce Reddick, who was supposed to come on the pod last week, he played there. Okay. before that time but anyways okay um we haven't got into your hockey playing career quickly here so you grew up in stratford 
Sure. We've only talked about coaching. So um, you uh, grew up in Stratford and you would have played in the William Ullman. That rink comes up <laughs> a lot here because it's one of the best rinks in Canada and the world, really, maybe. Right? Yeah, it is. It sure is. It's uh, I got a lot of unbelievable memories of uh, of a kid growing up there. I was very fortunate. It was very rare for for kids to grow up in that area and play in Stratford. Um, you know, we had so many kids from out of town and imports and because that's yeah. Colton's team was so good, right? They'd bring in people from the states from everywhere, right? Yeah, you know, growing up, growing up, just watching. We had some we had some good local players too, but you know a lot of guys that went on to be, be NHL greats with Nelson Emerson and Rob Blake and Brian Smolinski. Like you, you look back and being able to see those players play every Friday and Saturday night in that packed rink, it's kind of neat because that rink hasn't changed a bit. Oh, that's awesome! Hey, yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't been there in a while. Oh yeah, it's uh. I have to go in every time I get, get go home. It's just one of those stops that you have to make. Yeah, for sure. Well, like the Elmira rink I grew up going to is not even there anymore. Isn't it? Yeah, I uh, got the new one. Yeah, just so, so many memories being able to, you know what I mean, see, you know what I mean, so, see so many greats and just dream of always be, being in that same situation and then, so then you made you became a Colton. You almost win it, eh? Uh, is what happened. Yeah. And and like so, how do you get recruited to Western Michigan back then? Because um, like it had to have been different. Because when I got recruited to Western Michigan, when you recruited me, it was like pamphlets and like you showed up at my games and talked to my parents and like yeah. it was phone calls to the house phone. Like it yeah. must have changed so much. What was oh, it like when you got recruited? How did they find you? Well, you know, to, to be honest with you, what happened was my, my, my first year in Stratford, I, I was actually told that I was going to be a 13th forward and um, that I could practice with the team. And I was like, you know what? I maxed out my major mid. I played, I played uh, two years of major midget, so I was maxed out. And well, I was so like, you, you know what? went I'll, to school late? Yeah, I, I went to school as a 20-year-old, yeah. And what had happened was they, they came to me and uh, – and said, listen, you know, you're, you're going to be a 13th forward. We want you to come here. We want you to practice. We want you to continue to get better. And I said, great, I'm in. And what happened was like two weeks into the season, we had one of our, we had one of our veteran players that decided that he wasn't going to play anymore. And I ended up, I ended up third in the league in scoring and scored 97 points. Yeah. And that was my, that was my first year. You know, and the thing was, like, we had, you know, you look at those, some of the players that I played with there, the, the big thing, the, the big thing that, that happened with me was, if Chris Pronger didn't play in Stratford, I would have never, ever got the exposure that I got, J just being 100% honest with you. So that's how Western Michigan finds you, is because they're, they're coming to watch Chris Pronger? Well, so what, ha so what happened was... Or people start talking, because they're coming to watch Chris Pronger, and then they're like, well... Chris Pronger's good, but you got to see this little bugger yeah. skating around that's 19, 20 years old. Yes. Yeah. So that's what happened was, you know, you get all these college guys, you get all these NHL guys, you get all these major junior guys, because at that time, at that time, Pronger hadn't committed to, to, to go either way. 
So everybody was chasing. Like I, I went, I remember going to games and playing in games in Stratford where there's more scouts than fans. And, and what ended up happening was, well, he was six foot six and blonde, oh, yeah. right? Six yeah, foot and, six and blonde. And, and we had a, like, we had some other kids too. We had a, we had another kid, Mike Watt, who was a, you know, ended up going to Michigan state, but he was another one of those borderline kids. He wasn't sure whether he was going to play major junior or go to college ended up being uh, and everybody drafted. starts coming to the games and they start talking. So what happens is they start talking and then they get the other games and they start networking and talking. And what ended up happening was Mike, Mike Schaefer, who recruited me at Western Michigan, who's, who's now the head coach at Cornell. He ran into a uh, major junior scout and this major junior scout said, listen, you gotta, you gotta get into Stratford to see this kid play. And Shafe came in and offered me a scholarship. And um, once Western offered me a scholarship, I had like 15 offers within two weeks. Because you're that, because the, you know what? It's just weird for me with this whole hockey spider web and everything is like, if any of that doesn't happen is I'm not going to Western Michigan and then I'm not meeting my wife and I don't have the kids I have because you were the one that recruited me. You were the one that wanted me. You were the one that came to all my games and were like, we're taking this kit. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. very interesting to hear like how you go there, because like, I was wondering like out of Stratford, how you get to Western Michigan back then, because even out of Elmira, like you sure. showing up, like there was just random schools show up. Right. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's what happened was was and then they ended up taking a couple more kids from that area that ended up being teammates of mine. But it was just word of mouth. And and then, um, you know, once I went through the process and I visited, you know, four or five schools, I I felt very strongly about my opportunity at Western. You know, I felt that I could was going to be given an opportunity to go in there and be an impact player. And if I was given that opportunity, I was confident in my abilities that I was going to take advantage of it. And. You know, they were honest with me through the recruiting process. They wanted me, and I learned so much. I learned so much through through the coaches that I've had and the coaches that I've worked for, and like so much good, good and bad. Yeah, I mean, good and bad from those coaches that I've been able to try to integrate into myself to, you know, make myself the best coach or or person or parent that I can possibly be. Well, and that's the same thing I tried to do is like all the different places I've lived all the different teams I was on all the different coaches I've had all the different teammates you know and then now like it's the different jobs it's like you're always trying to get better right whatever you're doing I'm trying to be a better podcaster every time but whether that happens I don't know (laughs) because all I'm doing is talking and drinking beers (laughs) Uh, anyways uh, I think it's really cool that that's how that all happened. And I could just see the almond rocking with Chris Prager out there as a young buck and you just wheeling around, trying harder than everybody and just burying goals everywhere saying, you cannot ignore me. I'm too good. Fuck off. You're taking me. <laughs> we, we, and the thing is what we, we had, this am I wrong? Point. Well, we had some very good players on that team. Like we had Rem, Mur- Rem Murray, we had Mike Watt, Jason Mervin scored 80 goals that year. 80 goals? Oh yeah. That can't be a real thing. I scored 57. 80 can't be a real thing. Wool oh, yeah. and chop brown ale. 
Yeah, he did. 80? He did. 80. Oh, yeah. We, I think he ended up with 79 goals that year, Wally. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a lot more yeah. than I had. Okay. Yeah. Um, great, great guy. Great player. We, great, uh, Paul, uh, Greg DeVries was another NHLer on that team. Like, for, Jamie yeah. Hartnett. Like we 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 had, I was very fortunate to play play with some great players. It's weird that that league isn't the same as it used to be. Eh? It's not recognized the way it used to be. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the, the the tiering of junior hockey in in Ontario has has changed has changed the the landscape of that a little bit. Um, there's still some good players up there. Like, I mean, I, I've seen. Do you come up I, here seen, at all? I, I pop up there a little bit. Um, you know, I pop in and out a little bit my first couple years at Michigan Tech. With COVID the last few years, we've been a lot of very video. limited. Yeah, we've been very limited. But, like, when I have – like, I'll still have people up there that I know that will reach out to me on certain kids. Like, Vinny Bellissimo reached out to me last week. I have and that's how the hockey know. world works, right? Is like yeah. if, if, if you're a coach and you have a kid that listens, he wants yeah. it, he gives her, you're going to yeah. call people and be like – this come come look at this right well you rather deal with coaches than you deal with agents well yeah no shit yeah that's <laughs> why you're in ncaa all this time right <laughs> uh um okay i want to know about your western michigan time though is because uh you said you could go there and be an impact player and you showed up and were the rookie of the year in the ccha and they don't like to give that to 21 year olds i don't think <laughs> No. Well, you know what? It, it was, uh, like I said, it was just one of those opportunities that were, where I went in and worked hard right off the bat. Um, and I played in. But it's not about just working hard. It's that like you were in Stratford and nobody really had noticed you and you're a late bloomer. Like, you know, some of us are, but it's weird for me, those small town areas, like where I'm living now, uh, Kincard and Stratford, like all this area, this, this gray Bruce, um, here on Perth, all these kids around here, like there's some players around here and they're not going to get noticed because you're not in those big tournaments in Toronto that get more people talking about you, right? Like it's only us locals around here talking about the kids around here. Sure. And that's why a lot of those top kids leave and they go to BC or they go up to Toronto you know what I mean? Because they, they want to get states. noticed. Or they come to the States. You know, there's, there's kids coming to the States now to play. Um, yeah, like there's, there's USHL is quite the thing now, isn't it? Yeah, there's a very good player. I was just at the showcase last week. Um, there's a very good player that actually grew up with his dad. He's committed to RPI. Uh, Hudson kid. He played uh, played uh, in Listable. Very good player. Um, Watch those in, hands back off. Played in Muskegon now. He plays a Muskegon in the USHL. Very, very good player. Um, but I grew up with his dad, John. Um, and he's from Listowel. No, he's from Stratford, but he played in he played in Listowel, and then I think he went up to um, uh, he went up to an academy up in uh, up in Ottawa. Played a year up there, and now he's in Muskegon. He's committed to RPI. It's isn't it interesting? Like this is what the podcast is so interesting is that everybody's journeys. Like nobody has the same thing, man. Mm-hmm. Everybody's doing a different thing. And fun fact is, my kid was in Stratford a couple of weeks ago for AAA tryout. Yeah, <laughs> I just went to Stratford. Yeah, no, he made the team after two tryouts, and then I 
told them like it wasn't the year or whatever like it, it, it i'm not driving that far but yeah no it went well it's just but yeah um who's, who's coaching the team um it was a steve hmm. yeah i don't know if you'd know him but anyways see i don't think he was from stratford that's for sure okay. it was here on perth lakers right so yeah, yeah. they're from all over but anyways yeah. um moving on um you were at western michigan way before me who was your coach well, I played for Bill Wilkinson, and uh, Bill's uh, Bill's two assistants were uh, Mike Schaefer and Jim Colhane. And then um, when Schaefer, I think Schaefer left in '96. And he's uh, the 95. guy that goes to Cornell then. Yeah, Schaefer got hired at Cornell, and then uh, Jim stayed, and Jim brought in a couple more coaches for my last two years there, and then. Um, after I graduated, I think uh, three years after I graduated, I played three years of pro and then. You keep trying to go back to your coaching career. I don't want to know about your coaching career. I want to know about your playing career right now. Well, well I played for, I played for uh, Bill Wilkinson and then Mike Schaefer. Uh, I played with, uh, for Jim Colhane and then um, Chris okay. Wells and, and Bill Watson were both assistants. Wow. You got a good memory. Um your, your first year, did you know that you led the team by 11 points as a freshman? Mm, I didn't. Well, you led, didn't. The, you led the team in scoring by 11 points as a freshman. That's pretty rare. You must have been, you must have been walking around campus with a pretty, pretty, uh, you had the chest out, eh? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was the cafeteria the same as when I went? Was like, was very- were you cruising around the Burnham cafeteria, like, Check me out. I am leading the team in scoring, and I'm a freshie. You know what? The funny thing was, my freshman year was so good, I decided to stay at the Burnhams the next year. <laughs> and that's why you made us do it? <laughs> I stayed two years just for that reason. <laughs> that's why you made us do it, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, we if we would have done three years at the U Club, that thing would have gone up in flames. So... <laughs> anyways yeah we had a good time at school too so that's what i was curious about your actual playing career one guy you did play with all four years i saw was jamal Mayers, right yeah yeah you know jamal and i came in together and he was like he was like so further ahead than everybody else like you know i'd never when i went to to western michigan i never lifted a weight like i'd never trained i was a golfer and i played baseball and slow pitch and you no, were you were from time. yeah Ontario from, out here. Yeah, you were from the rural Ontario area. Yeah, and then these Toronto kids would come in and they would be like on these diets and they would, you know, they'd have personal trainers and they'd have this program. Well, I had no idea. And I remember remember showing up for school and and my mom and dad come in the locker room and coach uh, Coach Wilkinson brings us in the locker room and at that time we actually had a weight room in the locker room like just off the locker room and coach Wilkinson brings us in and Jamal's Jamal's in the weight room and he's, he's squatting like 450. I didn't know what a squat was. Me neither. And, when I went there. Yeah. And he's got like, he's, he's, he's got, he's got all this weight on his back. And I look at my dad now at that point, I didn't even know who Jamal was. Yeah. Like, I didn't know if he was a, player or a football player or a hockey I didn't had no clue 
And Coach Wilkinson takes me over and he goes, hey, I want you to meet uh, Jamal Maris. He's a freshman with you. And I looked at my dad and I was like, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so he, he, ended, he ended up being a great he ended up being a great teammate. He was uh, um, such a good such a good player. Went on to have a phenomenal career. And I still I mean, we still uh, touch base. I, I had my son. Few years ago, when Jamal was in uh, Chicago doing some television, we we were able to say hi to him, and um, you know I see him at different functions and stuff. So, yeah, it, it's interesting though because you were like the top. It, it's kind of like the same for me, right? You see some buddies make the NHL, um, but like every year you were in school, like you were the top scorer, right? Like it's an interesting thing, right? Because there's different yeah. roles in pro hockey, and yeah. I remember the day. Um, it was in junior B I played with Matt Molson and I were yeah. going for the scoring title. Mm -hmm. And I remember my coach saying about him is he, he's going to be a good pro. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like he's yeah. either better than me or he's not better than me. He goes, no, he's going to be a good pro. And I'm yeah. like, and, and it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, it is it's ironic last week. Last week I ran into uh, Todd Har uh, Tar Todd Harvey out at uh, he's scouting with the Vancouver Canucks. I ran into him out in Pittsburgh, and uh, you know I, I grew up playing against Todd Harvey. He ended up being a he ended up having a great pro career. Scott Walker's another guy I grew up playing with. Ended up having a great those guys play in the NHL. You know what I mean, and uh, yeah. we had wars with those kids growing, you know, growing up uh, through youth hockey, and then you know, through junior hockey. And it's, it was really neat being able to walk into a rink in, in Pittsburgh uh, at the USHL showcase and, and seeing a familiar to, face. Yeah. Well, yeah, I knew who he was. He didn't know who I was and, until I told him who I was. And then he, then it clicked in exactly who I was. Cause we, we had a lot of wars back then. And, you know, I congratulate him on his, on his great career and his, his new position. And, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of a neat, uh, neat thing just to, be able to run in and reminisce with somebody that you didn't really have a personal relationship with, but that you went through the wall with yeah. uh, a lot of times. Well, you know, sometimes like now, actually, now that we're talking, you know, I'll say this, you can take it for what you want, but how good you were at being a player. Um, I think there was still a lot of years ahead of you when you decided to be an assistant coach at Western. Um, I think like my years of playing taught me a lot, just like the coaching years taught you a lot. Um, yeah. I think that you could have played a lot longer and then got into the coaching later. Right. And like, you still would have learned all the same things, but you would have got it all out of your system. Right. Because yeah. like you went back and played for the Kalamazoo K wings. When I was playing for you, I went and watched you play in the U-Haul. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's like four years after you're retired. You got little kids. You're a full-time college coach and you're like, I have not scratched this itch. Well, it, it was kind of funny. So, well, we can talk about two things here. Uh, when, when I left Western Michigan, I knew I wanted to be a coach. And when I got the phone call after my third year of pro, you know, I, I had just scored 50 goals and, you know, I mean, I had another year on my contract making big money, and I got hired at Western Michigan. In the at Whoopal? 
And oh yeah, we we had back then you had what you called a franchise player, so the franchise player didn't count on the cap. <laughs> so I, I actually signed an American League deal in the Whipple. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I signed a two-year American League deal in the in the WPHL because I had a uh, I had an American an American League one-way contract done to go play in the American League. And they signed okay. me to a two yeah they signed me to a two year two year contract in Amarillo and I only played one year on that contract when I when I got hired and it's because you had the op the offer to go to yeah that's why I left I, I had another year on my contract and uh, and you just knew you wanted to be a coach like you knew deep down you wanted to be a coach because you're walking away from that at that age yeah seems strange yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? But it was also an opportunity. But it's the time you can get in, right? Because by the time I leave hockey, Western Michigan has all new coaches. Nobody even knows who I am. I had to pay for my last class. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh. I'm serious. I paid for my last class. It was like 1200 bucks, man. Yeah, that that doesn't happen much anymore. But we, we, you know, when I got hired, I have no regrets of it. You know what I mean? Like, always think about pe- a lot of people to ask me that same question that you just asked me. What did you know I, I mean? ask you? I can't even remember. Well, anymore. well, you asked me why I would get out when I why why I would get out when I did and why I didn't keep playing and. Yeah, everybody's yeah, different, man. But what was your what was your decision? How how, decision, how how did you go down with it? Well, Janine Janine was pre- eight months pregnant with Briar, and and we knew we wanted to get back to the Midwest, and I knew I wanted to coach, and. I, I, I really, you know, I had a good relationship with, with Jim Colhane. I trusted him. I felt wanted. I knew that I was going to be given a g- great opportunity there to go in and make an impact in the program. And, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I didn't really have any regrets in, in doing that. You know, I mean, I felt good about that. And, you know, I mean, when you stay in it for 22 years, I, I really don't think it was the wrong decision. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people do ask, you know, I mean, as a game changed, could I have given my chance to play at a higher level? Yeah, it may be. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, but I don't look at it that way. I look at but it. But even like the thing is, is when you look back on playing careers, like, yeah, you could have played another five years. Right. Yeah. But then yeah. that coaching job yeah. isn't there anymore. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're back in Stratford or doing something different yeah. that you don't want to be doing. You're not a head coach or you're not a coach because you're not given that opportunity anymore. Right. Well, it's validated when you, when you actually win a national championship, everything that you've done before that is validated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, because now you look back and you're like, well, if I didn't experience that my first year as a, as a, as a coach, if I didn't do this and I didn't draw from that, well, once you win, that's the, that's the one thing about winning is it validates every decision you made up to that point because you, now, now you can't take it away from you. No, and you know it's, I mean? I, winning is, is everything. And uh, no, and that's, I guess, how I started a podcast, right? Like, yeah, like the four years at Western, we had some good teams. We came close to doing well our first couple of years and we had some tough times. But like when I won – on other teams right like in different countries and like you have that relationship with people in the city the town the players on the team like you can call anybody and they're there for you right like you those people in that town will be there for you at any point right yeah 
yeah, this, the town was great to us. Our, our kids have so many great memories and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was, a when you win, it, it cures a lot of problems. I mean, yeah. I'll go back on my, my, my Kalamazoo, uh, my, my Kalamazoo wing, uh, after four years, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that story, but I was actually, uh, I was actually on the road. Um, I was actually on the road recruiting and my, my cell phone rang and it was a, an a old friend of mine that had, uh, he'd been involved with, with Worc Worcester in the American hockey league. He was a GM in Worcester and then he'd taken over the Kalamazoo wings and he had seen me play in the American league the year before uh, my, my, my second year of pro in Springfield. And he called me and he said, listen, he goes, I'm the, uh, I'm the GM of, uh, Kalamazoo, as you know, he goes, uh, We've had some some injuries. Um, I see that there's a good chance that you guys aren't going to make the playoffs this year. And at Western, um, would you be interested in coming to join the team? And I'm like, I'm like Paul. I said like I got a job. I said I got a young family. I said like, I, I, you know, I'm on the road recruiting. I got a lot of stuff to do. I got a lot of responsibilities. We got to build a team for next year. He goes, let, let, let me call Jim. And I'm like, I'm like, Paul, I, I haven't skated in gear in four years. Like I said, like, I, I can't. You were really fast in sweatpants with our team. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I said, but like the other side of it is, is that I also just didn't want to go in and, and, you know, have a negative impact on their team either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he calls Jim and Jim, Jim calls me and he's like, Hey, Chris, you know, Paul Picard just called me. Um, you know, what, what, what do you think? And I'm like, Jim, I said, like, you know, I, I got a lot of recruiting to do over the next few months. Like I said, I'm not even really considering this. He goes, Oh, I think it'll be great. I said, well, let, let me talk to my wife. So come home. I come home from my recruiting trip. I talked to my wife and I'm like, listen, I'll give it a shot. So, I go out and uh, the, the problem is I can't practice. Like their practice times are during our practice times. So like we're, we're still playing. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to skate. I'm trying to train. I'm trying to run. I'm trying to lift. I'm trying to do everything. And, uh, but the thing is I'm going recruiting. So I'm on the road recruiting. I'm watching games. I'm in the, I'm in the gym at the hotel. I'm running. I would, I would come home on a Sunday afternoon. I'd land at two o'clock and I'd play a four o'clock game in Kalamazoo. Like the, the Sunday afternoon games. I go on the road for another two weeks recruiting. I come back, I play an afternoon game. The, the funny thing was, was. Like and they just play. mix you in whenever you're around, right? Well, they would, they would, yeah. They, whenever I was available, I would, I would play, but, but I never practiced. So like, I would just, I, and the thing was, I said, I said, listen, I said, like, like, just ease me into this. Well, the first night I bet you I played 25 minutes and I'm like, I'm gassed. And then there's some, there's some other, there's some other older, uh, older pros on these other teams that I, that had known who I was and they had, uh, you know, they had played against me before when I, when I played pro and they, we got come up to a face off and they're like, what are you doing? Cause they knew I was like, yeah, you know, I was coaching and, and then, 
So I ended up playing 11 games. I, I made a road trip with them after our season was over. We went out, uh, I went on an Eastern road trip. I played a game in Flint and then I went out to the East coast. I took a bus trip. It would have been kind of fun though, right? With like the two little kids and being a coach yeah. and then you weren't playing anymore, but like to actually get on a road trip and be one of the boys again. Right. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, it, it was, was what it was. We, we ended up painting our, our entire house in Kalamazoo with the money that I made. And uh, we hired a painter to come in and painted the whole interior of the house for us. So it wasn't really about the money. It was just, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, and the fun, the, come the end of it, it was very tough for me to get back into the routine off the start because I had no rhythm. You know, I go two weeks and then I play a game and then I go on the road for a week. I come back, play two games. Once I started getting into it and like my last four or five games, once our season was over, I was able to play and stay with the team and practice. I started to get going a little bit again, but. Uh, so, I, so fun fact uh, is I went and watched you play right in the Cal yeah. zoo arena. Yeah. That would yeah. have been my, my freshman year. That was like with Rosie and Coos and all the boys, we came and watched you. We watched our coach play a pro hockey game when we were in at Western uh, Michigan. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it was, been, it was fun. I would, been, I would have been 30, probably 31, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and you had your little kids, and your you would have been busy, eh? And they're trying. And I remember you saying to me, like, "Well, this is my, this is my like old timers. This is about the speed." (laughs) Yeah, because you're 31 and you can still play. Yeah, that's about where you were at. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So, one thing we never talked about though is like, uh, your son Barrett. He played right. Yeah, my son Barrett plays in Madison in the USHL right now. He's actually been committed to Western for four years. That's what I thought. Okay, so I was going to bring that up. So um, when I did my research and I hit Barrett, um, it says, like, he's going to Western. And then I clicked on that. And, like, so, like, where, like when does that happen? What's happening there? So he, uh, my, my, son, my son committed to Western when he played U16. And then... Uh, he played his U sixteen. U sixteen. He committed. U sixteen. Yeah. yeah, that means he's fifteen. Yeah, if my math is right. Yeah. So he uh, he played he played his twelfth grade year in uh, Austin in the North American League, and then last year he was supposed to play in Madison in the USHL, but um, Madison uh, they were shut down due to COVID. They had some uh, some local restrictions so they went dormant for a year so he, he went back and played last year in austin and now he's playing in madison this year and they're and going yeah and then he'll go into western next year at yeah, what dad, age dad, is that a true freshman or a year yeah, after? He'll go, no he'll go in as a he's he turns 20 in uh december so i don't remember what's a true freshman how old are you uh true freshman would would be 18 turning 19 and he'll so, be so yeah so yeah. he's a he's a couple past that right yeah, yeah. just yeah. like so we would just like i was and you were yeah i was one yeah. past i think yeah so he'll, he's a late old one so he'll uh he'll play this year in the ushl and then he'll go into uh he'll go into western next year and my daughter just our, our daughter just graduated uh, from western and she's uh she's actually at dental, dental school at arizona 
Oh, cool. Where yeah. in Arizona? In uh, Tempe. Huh. Yeah. So she's uh, she's in her first year of uh, dental school. She graduated uh, graduated with a degree in biomedical science at Western. Jiminy crickets. Yep. And then my son's going to actually study engineering. Oh. And uh, what kind of engineer? He's not sure. He, he's actually, I think he's thinking construction. Mm -hmm. I think he's keep thinking construction. He want, he'd like to do something. Ultimately, he'd like to do something with architecture, but I think the construction engineering is probably the closest thing to do uh, at Western. So he's been taking some classes here the last couple of years playing junior hockey to get ready for that. Yeah, um, no, it's... Uh school's an important thing right and you said yeah. like out of your family you were the first one to go get education yeah, eh? yeah. and yeah, you've been working for schools ever since i have <laughs> i have and they pay for great meals at all these different restaurants and hotels yeah. right it's it's even it's 10 times what it was when when you played wally really yeah like the food is everything you saw our bodies back at that those days <laughs> right like we were trying our best but like those were good meals and like it was always a buffet every time every hotel yeah. chicken everything's pasta everything's just different it's uh you know the big thing is when things I things keep the job getting here, better yeah when i took the job here at michigan tech the, the big thing was was that I wanted to make sure I was getting myself in a situation where I had all the, all the resources that I needed to be successful, just like I did as a player. And for me, we, we have everything that you need. So, um, you know, the facilities, the resources, the staff, the community, the commitment, the, the town, you know, like, it sounds like. Oh yeah. Now, now the, the thing is now these kids stay year round too. Like we pay for them to stay year round. And they so have to. No, well, what happens is a lot of kids, a lot of kids stay at the end of the season. And um, so what, what schools have is schools have track A and track B. So instead of having a four month summer, they usually stay like two months to start the summer and then go home for two months. I was going to say kids need to go home, right? Well, they, they, they do. The, the thing is, a lot of these kids, you know, they'll, they'll, they, they can skate, they have strength, they have their strength coach here. Like it's, it's become a, it's become a, a 12 month. 12 month sports. So they, they, they train a lot. And then we have, a, we have a golf course here. A lot of these kids have, tw have 12 month leases anyhow. So they're, they're already tied in that lease too. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's changed. Then the thing is, is that they, 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 we pay for them to take a class also. So they go to school, they, they take a class, they get, yeah, it's, they it's live crazy. life. They're living like those kids are living. I remember those days. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you remember yeah. them? Yeah. Like you get to see them doing it still, right? Like I couldn't even imagine seeing a bunch of kids walk into the hotel and all get their rooms and be joking around and thinking they're so funny. And um, I just couldn't even imagine. Like it, it must still keep you young and uh yeah, it must be so fun. Yeah, I'm for I feel very fortunate, you know, like I said before, I, I've been in some great situations, work with some great people and, you know, just being able to impact and see, see players that I coach go on and be successful is, is part of the reason why I think I've done this for so long.
Well, it doesn't seem like you're going to stop anytime soon. And it seems like you're doing a pretty good job when, you know, you put stuff up and you got guys reaching out saying like what you've done for them. Like, um, you changed my life for sure. Finding me out of Elmira, you know, um, my life wouldn't be what it was without you finding me and, uh, bringing me and all my boys to Western Michigan, right? <laughs> no, but you do that every year. You bring you're you're recruiting guys like so my my best friends in my life is is, you know, like my roommates from Western Michigan. And you're doing that for people every year and you get to recruit them and you get to kind of try and figure out who's what type of person and who's going to gel and what position they are. And like, you got to travel all over the sh- place to do that. eh? Yeah, we do. Like we, uh, you know, today we were on a zoom call with a kid from Finland. We're on our way over to Finland. We got two Swedes. We do all of, uh, we do all of Canada. We do Alberta. I'm on my way to BC in a couple of weeks. We cover all of the U S we do. Uh, Swedes and Finns want to play oh, yeah. because they, can get paid already over there right yeah a lot of them can you know i mean like the the the, the, there's a large a lot of this being done through agents but there's a large number of of european players that are playing the ushl right now russians Finns, swedes um i went over a couple years ago and found a uh found a older uh swede really good player for us big six six centerman we took another one last year i mean Got, got some ties and some... And they want to come over for the school or the life experience? No, I think they want to come over for, for different reasons, I think. Because you don't get paid, you know, right? Or I guess you do now. Can you... you well, how does that work? Well, no, like the, these kids, like for them to come over to school, their scholarship's about 50, 55 grand a year. I mean, their they're, they're food's paid for, their... Their, uh, their life is... Yeah, I mean, they're coming over here, getting an education. I mean, if they want to go back and play pro after that, they can. Um, I think they look at it developmental-wise to be able to play in the NCA and, you know I mean, get that, uh, get that education. I mean, even, even though a lot, of their, a lot of their friends are staying over in Europe and playing pro, they can always go back there and do that. So what you're um, saying is you're not coming to the Midwest Ontario as often, eh? You're going to Finland and Sweden now? Well, not, not with, not with our locate, like not with our location. Like if, if I get a lead on a player, you know, I've had, I've had people call me before on players, uh, contacts that I know people that I know I'll, I'll fly into Detroit. I'll take a five or six day road trip and pop up and see five or six kids play that are recommended to me. Um, whether it's through contacts or advisors or people that I know, you know, there's still, there's still people up there that I know that now have kids coming through or whatever. And so what, yeah. And that's, that'll happen at at my age group, right? Like I'm going to know which kids are the best and um, that's coming. I know that's coming. Um, But the thing is, is like, how do you schedule that? Like you're coming in for a weekend, you got to figure out where all these kids play. And so what age should I actually make my, like what age, do you actually have to start getting noticed? Cause I don't feel like my kid needs to start getting noticed for a few years yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so right now we're, we're uh, right now we're, we're, we're starting to track 2005 borns. 
2005. So, yeah. 2005. Yeah. Yeah. So we're starting to track. We, we've spent a lot of time in September. How old is that? 16, 15? Six, that... six, 16. Right. That's like when they're deciding OHL or NCAA, right? That's when yeah. you got to be that's when you got to be active. Yeah. So we're, yeah. So we're starting to track a lot of those kids because a lot of those kids have been drafted in the USHL. Hazy so, sunset. Not much longer folks. <laughs> so, so what happens is a lot of it's based on see USA hockey in the United States uh, runs a couple, couple festivals each summer. So this year was a 2004 and 2005s where they bring together all the top 2004 and top 2005s in the country for a five-day showcase. Right, and that's what's interesting to me, right, is like who decides who those best kids are? Is it like the parents that paid the most? No, so what they do is they – um. so regionally what will happen is regionally in the U.S. they'll have, uh, they'll have uh, weekends, tryout weekends regionally. And what they usually do tr- traditionally – you know, the ones that I've been involved with is they bring in, they bring in local college or junior or higher level coaches or, or people with experience and have them come in and, and try and rate the top kids from that region. So what ends up happening is they're able to send 15 kids from region A and 15 kids from region B and 15 kids from region C. They're able to send X number of kids from that area. So it's just an all-star game of the best kids around, but you get to show, fly in, see them all at the same time. It's kind of like the under-17 camp in yeah. Ontario to try and make yeah. Ontario. Yeah, but the, the, what they'll have is they'll have – I'm not sure. Like, it's been a long time since I, I, t- I took part in that in Ontario, but, like, in, in, in they, they run this in Buffalo, New York, and there's probably – I, I would probably say maybe 250, 250 kids at this camp. I would probably say around that. So to be able for us to be able to go in and see probably, you know, t- the top 200 kids in the country in that age group is pretty good. The other thing that that's different in the U S is now they have the U S national development program, which has the top, 25 kids already in that out of that age group already there and most of those kids are already committed yeah yeah i mean so now we're trying to we're trying to target that next group of of top kids of that 2005 group okay yeah no it's just interesting because i'm like a young up coming minor hockey dad right and it's like all these people are trying to get their kids to triple a at this year or that year and it's like yeah. I'm like, like I'm in a small town, right? Like we grew up in, right? Like yeah. I'm not even in Stratford where the AAA is right there now. Like I'm in Concordia, and it's an hour and a half for a AAA thing. And like, yes, my kid can skate and he can shoot and he's pretty good. But it's like, um, when do I have to like really pony up? You know? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Like I, I've. Uh... I've seen a lot of top kids de- develop and my, my they're all different people... at different ages, right? Like you don't know when it's going to happen. You didn't develop till you were 20. I didn't develop till I was, well, I was my second, third year on the Sugar Kings, right? Yeah. I let them have fun, stay at home, get on the rink, get on the outdoor rink, 
and love the game, right? Go play baseball, play some street hockey, enjoy his friends. Exactly. When he comes to you and says, Dad, I want to go play hockey, then let him go. Yeah, if you want to be one, go do it, right? Yeah, it's uh, everybody has, has different philosophies on it. Um, I mean, but like I, I've seen, I've seen so many different situations through my career, and um, you would meet a lot of parents, eh? <laughs> yeah, we meet a lot of pe- meet a lot of people, but I mean, my my advice to to hockey parents is to be a parent and and you know love your kid and be there to support them and him or her and um you know the best you can right yeah yeah um no i agree um i honestly i don't really have much else for you i like we've kind of just bounced around it's not like a normal episode we've just kind of been chatting because i think it's been too long you know yeah it's been been a long time man it's uh, i have so many great memories of not only recruiting you, but coaching and seeing it develop. And well, it's like you've been doing that with so many people. And it's like, it's so important to me in my life. It's like you as a coach and like you recruiting me. And now that I think of like all the different people you've recruited and all the different people that you've put together, it changes the way I think of like, like you're just doing it year by year. Right. Like, and for me, stretch Daryl and Yance, like every day was like life and death. And it was like, you know, and like you guys are just doing the best you can as coaches and trying to help us grow up. And like, we're donkeys and we're doing our thing and we're screwing up. And like, yeah, you, you don't realize it until you grow up that like, you know, you know, yeah, you, I do know. And I, I tell people that a lot of times, like, you know, my, my, my message, my message to my players when I, when I became a head coach, is I said, listen, you guys aren't going to always agree or understand some of the decisions that I'm making right now. I said, but you know, when you're 30, 35 years old with a wife and a couple kids, you're going to look back and probably fully understand some of those decisions that I made. And you, sometime you probably turn around and say thank you yeah you know i mean yeah you know i mean and, and that's yeah you know i mean I, I i firmly believe in in you know a lot of the things that i do and and that's why i think big reason why i continue to do it well and i think with all the the different the kids you've you know you've changed a lot of people's lives right and uh yeah it's interesting to hear like your side of it because like if you've been doing ncaa for 19 seasons like like you're doing something special like you you're not just out of school for a couple of years like you're in you're in kalamazoo for nine years you know you're in rio for years you're in you're in michigan tech for years like it's when you're a good person and you're you know it seems like guys i like from around here small town people that you know you know what the small town is like you're not going to screw a guy because then everybody's going to find out you screwed the guy and 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 you're you're worth your word right like if you say you're going to do something you do it yeah yeah And, and you know the thing is for me i've always made decisions based on growth I mean, like my, my, my philosophy is I want to try and get better. I want to try and coach at the highest level that I can possibly coach at. And, 
I mean, every decision that I made when I left Western Michigan and went to Rio Grande Valley. And then when I left Rio at a, a, to, to go and get into college and get college head coaching experience and, you know, I mean, being able, to, being able to learn and grow there and have success there and now get myself in a situation back at division one level to be able to learn and grow and deal with a different kid. And, you know, I mean, and, and just to be able to, as soon as I stop feeling that I'm, that I'm growing at this sport, it's time for me to go do something else. Um, yeah, I, I mean, don't like, think you're doing anything else, big guy. You love no, it. But, you love hockey what, and you're not doing anything else. And yeah. the thing is, is you're, you're on your 22nd coaching season of like, as a job, as a career, and you ain't even 50 yet. <laughs> eh? Like, yeah. so when are you 50? Is that coming soon? No, I just turned 49 actually. Oh dear. Yeah. I just turned 49. So that'll be next year. Um, yeah, but we're, we're empty nesters now because both of our kids are out. So we, we actually just sold our house. We had kept our house at Stevens Point, and my, my wife and I have actually lived apart for four years. So I've lived up north by myself, and she stayed in Stevens Point to be closer to our kids. And then she, she just actually just moved up north, and we sold our house, and she got a job. And, and now you're full-time up there. Yeah, the, ho- the hockey world, the hockey life, and, like, what wives go through, what children grow, go through, and, like – it's not like it's, it's bad. It's, it's life experiences. You're doing different shit, right? Like there's some people that don't do anything, right? They just stay there and they don't do anything. And then there's some people that go out there and do shit. (laughs) Well, people think we're crazy. Like a lot of, we are kind of crazy, right? You just said you lived apart from your wife for four years. Yeah, we did. But we, you know, she came and visited once a month and, and, you know, we, we, we were fortunate. I was able to I go back to Wisconsin in summer and work from there and come up to come up north when needed. It was four hour drive. So we, we, we just made it work. Um, and we, we, we did it. We did it probably did it more for the kids than we did for ourselves. Because they've During grown up with all their friends and they, they, that's, that's, that's their, their big years, right? Is yeah. you, you can't take them away from those kids to take them to, uh, yeah, Michigan Tech because yeah. then all of a sudden it yeah. changes their yeah no I I get it totally yeah yeah we didn't we didn't want to do that to them so we 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 said that we were going to sacrifice for them and get through it and we, we have a lot of great friends back there still and um like I said uh unbelievable experience um yeah you know but not now we've I mean now we've uh we've Turned moved up the page. here yeah, and, and on, you know, pe- people all the time. I, I have friends back home call all the time, and they have our, they have our name in a, in their address book, and there's like eight different addresses that have been slashed out, or and, phone numbers, right? Like yeah, phone numbers, like I know. Uh, that's like, what that that's what that cost me a lot lot of friendships, right? When I yeah. was a hockey player, is because yeah. every year you get a new phone number and like yeah. the numbers didn't always transfer over. And then next yeah. thing you know, it's like, well, whose number do I got now? Right. And then sure. there's some guys from back home or wherever you just lost the number. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I still like, I, I still look, I look back on, you know, I've been doing this for 24, 22 years and looking back on those 22 years, I, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Like, 
I mean, like I look at every experience as a positive experience and yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like I said before, when you win, everything's yeah. sort of validated. I know. I mean, um, sure. I, I want to be a head coach again. Like I want to have my own program. I want to be a head coach at some point, but as long as I'm in a, in an environment where I can continue to grow and impact the people around me and help them achieve their goals and, you know what I mean? Give them the resources they need academically and athletically and, and help them. Um, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. Well, and I, I, there's no doubt. I think that you'll, you'll find, you'll, you'll figure it out and you'll, you'll become a head coach. Uh, I think an NCAA like division one program next time, because like you get 22 years and you're not even 50 yet. And you understand the whole every side of the business and like how the whole thing works. And now, like you've said, like you've learned from your mistakes, you learn from like, it's about relationships, right? It's about yeah. getting to know the kids. And like, it's like, for me being a minor hockey coach now, it's like, well, what kid can I talk to like this? And what kid can I talk to like that? Right. And you sure. build the relationships and like, you get to know, you get sure. to know them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just wish, you know, looking back, I wish I would have been able to impact those players early in my career with the experiences that I have now. You know I mean, like, I, I just look at it and, and think about. Well, we all and, did just fine. I think we all, yeah. we all, we all became who we were going to become. There, there's yeah. no, like, I don't know. I, I mean, like, look at Patty Dwyer, look at some of the guys that made it right. Like, I mean, you guys, I don't know. There, there, we, there were some times when we were bag skating um, my senior year where I, I – you know what? I got to ask you this before we shut her down is whether or not, like, I didn't know what you thought of it. I think you were, like – they were trying to decide if you were, like, a co-head coach because I think it was probably Rio Grants trying to take you away, right? So they're like, well, we got to pay this guy more. We got to keep him here. We don't want him to go to Rio Grant. And then you bring in Chris Frank. You bring in – fuck – you bring in Claxon, you bring in all these guys that are like fighters in NCAA. And then I'm a scorer and I'm a little guy that like used to have, you know, scores around. Like, like I used to have Pat Dwyer, Jeff Campbell, you know, Dana Lattery, all these guys that could like really give her. And then we're bringing fighters. And I'm like, this is different for me. <laughs> Um, as a senior who could have left after his junior year, um, this is different, <laughs> right? Yeah. We, we added some meat to that lineup. Yeah. So did you, did you, was that your decision? Did, so did you like the, uh, I, I, my only questions before we shut it down are you brought some meat to the lineup and the bags. So you bring meat to the lineup and then they start taking penalties in college. So then everybody starts bag skating. Does that make sense? <laughs> That's my only question before we shut it down. Well, I think it was a, <laughs> I, think it, I think, I think we looked at hockey being a team sport. I think, I think that was part of it. Those guys were there to, they were part of the team and they were, like, there, to tough, they were there to toughen you guys up. Remember the day they fought? Remember the day that uh, Frank and Claxon fought? <laughs> I somewhat like I, I kind of I, I I remember being like from junior year like when I'm like you know up for whatever and I'm doing well and then 
the next year I'm like, okay, who are they bringing in? What are they bringing in? And then they're bringing in like fighters. And I'm like, we're playing college. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm playing bean bags and getting crushed. You scored 25 goals that year. I, yeah, I did fine, but um, we didn't have a very good team. (laughs) 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 You're laughing. I'm glad you're laughing because um, those are two great guys though. Great. No, they are great guys. I just, Claxton was the, I would say out of the two guys I ever played pro hockey with or not pro hockey, hockey with most dangerous in warmups. Chris or Claxon, Matt Claxon, not Chris, Matt Claxon, yeah, Clacker, and um, Mark Heatley in Germany. Okay. Both of them just cruising around, no clue what, like they could run into anybody at any point. It doesn't matter. It's dangerous out there. You got to keep your head up. That's funny. But yeah, Western Michigan, when Clacker was skating around, it was actually dangerous and warm because he thought he was getting ready to like drop the gloves at center ice, like at the start yeah. of the game. And you're like, well, what, what do you mean? We're playing NCAA. We're not even allowed to fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of those times, man. Yeah, uh, we, but then we, we'd yeah. bag skate after they'd take penalties. And I was like, okay, so jeepers, you know? Well, they got you into shape, Wally. <laughs> we tried, right? <laughs> <laughs> We always tried. That's funny. <laughs> okay. But thank you very much for coming on. And it's been way too long, man. Hey, buddy. I, I appreciate it. A blast. Great catching up. No, seriously. And um, I can't wait to watch uh, your squad this year and see how you guys do. And uh, I can't wait to see your coaching career keep going, man, because, like, it's, it's quite impressive this long. And, like, you're – it's more, like – in the real world, you don't see that many people stay at a job for that long. And you have uh, loyalty. You uh, stay with teams. You see it through. And, uh, yeah, and uh, you changed my life. Um, listen to these stories. You're the reason this all happened. I met my wife. I have my kids. It's all very strange, right? How's and you, I met Yance, Stretch, and Daryl. How's right. your family? How's your family doing? We're all good, man. Yeah, no, I got a, a the young bucks right into hockey, and the daughter just decided to uh, start at. Uh, yeah, so it's it's great, man. All's good. Your mom and dad. Mom and dad are great too. Yeah, they come up to Concordia all the time where I'm living now, um, with the cottage here. So yeah, no, they're up all the time, and they're good. Everybody's good. Um, my sister married my best friend and oh, yeah. uh yeah do you remember scott scott weaver he would come up do, would you remember my my good buddy that he was the mascot yeah. for the elmira shirt yeah. kings at one point yeah. Yeah. he pissed on the colleton logo one time and all the colletons got really mad at him all the fans they yeah. actually got really mad at him back when i was a junior b player and we were in the finals against them he was the mascot he went out as the elmira shirking lion and pretended to piss on the Colton logo. Uh, that wouldn't go over well, very well in the Omen. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now he's my brother-in-law. <laughs> well, next time I'm up in that area, I'll uh, I'll get together with you. Make sure you say hi to your parents for me. Absolutely, man. And thank you for everything you did. And thank you for recruiting me out of Elmira and giving me the opportunities you did, man. And uh, 
it's pretty cool to hear you're bringing together a bunch of roommates every season like you did for me and my buddies, you know? Yeah, no, it was my pleasure, man. I really enjoyed it. Great seeing you. had a great career. Uh, it was an average career, but um, this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Brooksy and Wally. Some people clap on the one and three. Some people clap on the two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm a girl fan.